0: No
1: reason to exist.
0: I remember the first time you told me a parrot joke, I think. Or maybe it was the first time you really nailed me with one, and it was in my mom's driveway. And it was just the one about the guy that brings a parrot to church and it's on (laughs) his shoulder and you know, that whole bit. (laughs) You you just killed me with that one that time. I was like, oh my god, parrot jokes. These are great. I would need more of these. My brother-in-law, Ross, and I, we love parrot jokes. Love parrot jokes. Why do we love them?
2: Well, that's a good question. I think part of it is they are, like, fundamentally corny. I mean... There's if you're if you're a goofball, other than doing a fart noise, there's not much that's as satisfying as making a parrot voice. And ah. yeah, it's like it's the other thing It's is it's so easy, which is why this is sort of like become a, a, a in the canon of joke telling. This is one of the standards is for amateurs, at least because almost anyone can do a parrot sound and, and everyone knows what, what sound they're doing. Whereas to time I try, try to do any other voice, it sounds like I'm doing a vampire voice. So, you know, the, with a parrot, it's obvious, Oh yes, that's a character. You're, you're doing the parrot character. So that's part of it. And so there's just this inherent fun of telling the jokes, but I also think the parrot symbolizes something because uh, I was thinking that the, the best jokes, are the ones where, at least from my perspective in telling the jokes, the best jokes are the ones where there are characters that you can play. You can really inhabit the character. And that's really the fun part of the joke rather than the punchline is almost never, in in my opinion, the punchline can be as funny as the telling, but it's rarely more funny than the telling, at least the way I tell jokes. And so I like, you know, you need the characters to tell the jokes. And there's something about the character of the parrot, which is the it's the the talking animal. It's like the only animal that I mean, is it are there other animals that talk? talk? I guess dogs bark and speak, so to, so to speak. But the, literally, like it, it's the talking animal. And so there's this underlying question of is the talking animal intelligent or <laughs> is it just accidental? Like like comic timing. It says the same thing over and over and suddenly it's funny. And so there's this, if you look at parrot jokes, there's always a little bit of this underlying question. Is this an, is this an intelligent parrot or is this just a parrot with good comic timing that accidentally tells the funniest joke? Right. And so, you know, I think usually actually the, the
0: parrot is presented as
2: truly intelligent, you know, but, but it's sort of a a funny subtext of, of parrot jokes.
0: Yeah. The parrot usually tells the truth that the other characters are not aware of, <laughs> right? Which is sort of absurd, you know.
2: Right. The, the The smartest person in the room is is a is a parrot.
0: And the smartest person in the room has that voice of just "What are
2: you doing?" <laughs> the smartest person has the most annoying voice and is an animal. Live with it.
0: <laughs> and you mentioned also the fart sound. Like I think, just that sound is so grating and sort of just (laughs) goes in your nervous system and makes you laugh in the same sort of way. Like,
2: "Ah." right. It's a little bit of an assault on the listener. Like nobody wants to hear that sound. And yet I, I'm I'm right in front of you. You're going to have to listen all the way through this joke. And I'm annoying you, you know,
0: if you're going to tell a parrot joke, it gives you license to just be annoying. And that's fun.
2: Yeah, but in the service of funniness, which is why if it's a bad parrot joke, then it's doubly bad, because you just annoyed me, and it's a bad joke.
0: Okay, enough tap dancing around. Let's hear one of these jokes. This is a recording of me telling that very same joke that Ross nailed me with in my mom's driveway so many years ago. Here is the parrot in church joke. A guy is heading into church, and He's got a parrot on his shoulder, so the people are kind of looking, uh-oh, what's going to happen? This is unusual. And so he sits down, and things are going on as they do, and the priest gives the sermon, and right after he's done with the sermon, the parrot goes, ah, that was boring! <gasps> oh my god, this is horrible. So uh, they give him the evil eye, and they're like, you can't do this anymore! And, and he, he leaves, and he's kind of mortified and so he takes the parrot back to the shop and he says what happened and the guy says oh oh, oh so so sorry about that all you gotta do is bring him to church right before the sermons over you want to grab the parrot by the legs and swing it around three times and put it back on your shoulder the guy goes back to church he's got the parrot on his shoulders people are looking at him again oh he's back now what and so he sits down the priest gives the sermon Sermon's o- almost over. He grabs the parrot, swings it around, puts it on his shoulder. Then the sermon's over. The parrot says, "Rock, ah, That was boring. And it's windy in here. <laughs> the person you heard laughing just then, it wasn't Ross. Before I say more about that, you need a little more of the backstory. When you and Emily were in the Peace Corps, I was thinking, what would be a really good gift for you when you get back? And I had got this idea, I thought, what if I collect all the parrot jokes and make it a nice little homemade booklet of these? Cause I probably was remembering that joke you told in the driveway and I was like, yeah, let's get these. So I started doing some research and this was relatively early in the days of the internet so i was kind of had to dig around for a little while and i found that there isn't someone who i would consider the expert on parrot jokes
2: oh man
0: no one could debate that this person is the world's expert on parrot jokes and the reason is he wrote his master's thesis on parrot jokes wow i thought oh my god i have to get a copy of this for you. All right? Yeah. So, submitted to the faculty of the graduate school in partial fulfillment of the requirements for the degree of Master of Arts in the Department of Folklore, Indiana University, May 1964, an annotated collection of parrot jokes by Neil V. Rosenberg.
2: That's awesome. And I'm curious, is the guy a parrot owner or just a parrot joke lover?
0: So this guy is relatively famous for something else. He was a folklorist, and then he kind of shifted into... See, this is funny. He wanted to do his master's thesis on bluegrass music, but the school he was at wouldn't allow it. They didn't think that was a legitimate thing to study for a folklorist, so they went back and forth, and then he settled on parrot jokes
2: (laughs) yeah yeah well at least that's a a a new development in
0: academic research this was in the 60s and he did the whole thing without the internet yeah you just have to go around asking people hi i'm doing a master's thesis (laughs) on parrot jokes oh uh... Uh, do you know any excuse me ma'am right (laughs) exactly going in the pet store (laughs) yeah yeah that's where you get your best material yeah, it's like
2: you go to the bar to hear a lewd bar jokes, and you go to the pe- the pet store to hear parrot jokes. I would think that's smart.
0: You might be thinking the person we heard laughing earlier was Neil Rosenberg, author of the annotated collection of parrot jokes. But it wasn't Neil. It was
3: Shelley Posen, formerly curator of Canadian folk life at the National Museum of Canada.
0: Shelley Rosenberg began his graduate studies in folklore at Memorial University of Newfoundland when Neil Rosenberg was a professor there. Shelley and I talked about parrot jokes and about Neil.
3: Jokes. I think the standard approach is that the parent says things that can't be said. It's the sort of it. It's the the psyche of of the culture that tells that jokes, the person who tells the jokes, or of the situation. The parent says what shouldn't be said, what what mustn't be said, and and lays bare any problems that are um that are in the uh, in the situation in the group or that the teller finds particularly sensitive so you've got a joke like one of my favorite my favorite parrot joke is is one where um, a woman goes into a pet store to get, a, to get a parrot, because she, she wants to be kept company during the day. She wants something, that uh, a, a pet that she can do more than, than just feed and pet And a parrot seems like a good idea, can talk. And the, the, the owner says, you know, I've got, the, I've got the parrot for you, but I have to tell you that this parrot comes from a brothel. And um, I don't know what it's going to come up with. It, it, it may have very salty language. And the woman says, ah! i don't care i uh, that kind of language that's that's no problem in our house i'm fine with that so she buys the parrot and she brings it home and puts it on its perch sets it up and um takes the hood off the cage and the parrot sees her and goes ah new madam hello madam and Uh, The woman goes about her housework, and uh, the kids, the girls come home from school. uh, They're young teenagers, and the parrot sees them and goes, ah, new girls, hello, girls. And, okay, and and then it's uh, later on in the afternoon, the husband comes home, takes off his hat and coat, walks into the kitchen, and the parrot sees him and says, ah, hi, Phil. (laughs) And that's the joke. And, you know, the, what, is, what has that parrot just revealed, and how did it reveal it? And, you know, it's the indirectness, it's the un, unexpectedness, it's the, you've got a joke told in a classic three sections, uh, woman, kids, uh, girls, and then the husband. You know, so the structure is classic, and the parrot is revealing something that nobody was expecting, and the chaos that follows is not part of the joke, but it
0: is. Like it says in the thesis... Above all, these jokes derive their humor from the actions or words of the parrot, which shock or surprise either its owner or the third person in the narrative. This shock or surprise may be verbal, the parrot utters a new phrase, or in terms of the parrot's action or speech in relation to some character in the tale. The wise parrot of Indian folklore has become, in contemporary jokes, a figure whose primary role is that, of the taboo breaker. Do women tell parrot jokes? Well, I hope so. I've asked a few. None have stepped forward yet, but...
3: Is it because they don't know any or because they don't want to tell them?
0: Is there something about doing a parrot voice that guys like and women don't?
3: I don't know if, if Neil covered that in his in his thesis. It was, um, you know, this is 40 years ago, and, and I'm not sure that there was that kind of consciousness around of who told what jokes and what men and what women thought was funny. I know that women are not necessarily punsters. If, if you get puns, it's usually men who, A, tell them, and B, like them. And it may be that parrots also are, are a kind of joke that appeals to men for some reason, that, you know, the untold thing, uh, as a, the, the, the voice that, that says what can't be said, as opposed to women, I really don't know.
0: Yeah, the parrot is rude, and maybe that's what men like about it.
3: The parrot is rude, and but he's also uninhibited, and he, and can say he's saying things that he repeats. And, you know, children, I think would like these would like parrot jokes as well because he repeats things that he says verbatim without any kind of any kind of selectivity or or filter, any kind of social filter processing them to say what he should or should not say. He just out and says them.
0: Yeah, there's a special sort of freedom about it.
3: Yeah, uninhibited id, just just uh, holding
0: forth. And just to clarify, so in folklore studies and classes and such, there's a good chance that Neil told some parrot jokes and you just don't remember what they were because it was a long time ago.
3: Yes, um, he, he may have told those jokes, but the thing is that at Memorial University, more than any other university I've ever been to, um, there was a kind of camaraderie among students and, and professors. Uh, such that, you know, we would, we would eat lunch together, we would spend time together, we, there was a lot of talking back and forth. I think it may be because the professors at that time, Neil and, and um, uh, some, of our other, some of our other professors, David Hufford, they were, they were recent graduate, relatively recent graduates, and they were close to our age. And so there was a sort of rapport, uh, rapport between, uh, between us, among us, that made socializing very uh, easy. And um, so we spent a lot of time. So lunchtimes, not only did we, would we have eaten lunch together in the same room, but there was a, a room that was set up. A sort of, it was a sort of folklore um, uh, lounge that was set up. It was just a, a, little, a tiny little classroom, and a dartboard was put up, and uh, we would play darts. Uh, the students and uh, and uh, professors, and not just folklore professors, there were professors from archaeology and and other uh, disciplines there, uh, who were you know of the same kind of jokey, jokey, easygoing nature, and a lot of stories and a lot of jokes were told um, in in that in that room over lunch, over darts, um, and jokes of all kinds. And it w- it would surprise me if uh, Neil didn't tell one of those jokes but you know it's not it's not just sort of um oh i've got a joke or something like that it's something happens in the room something as as always this is the way jokes are told something happens like you told you told your church joke and i associated and told a a synagogue joke um you know something is said and oh that reminds me or You just launch into the story because it fits the situation. It fits what was just said. It, in a funny way, um, comments on it or, or amplifies it or whatever it is. And so I'm sure that Neil would have told one of those jokes at the right time with the right
0: stimulus. Again, that was Shelley Posen, who started his graduate studies in folklore with Neil Rosenberg at Memorial University of Newfoundland. Wait, did someone just mention Newfoundland? A Newfoundlander man walks into a bar with a large parrot on his shoulder. It's a striking bird with a red
3: head, yellow and blue wing feathers, and an amazing long red tail tinged with bright blue feathery accents. So the bartender says, That's pretty nice. Where did you get it? Witless Bay, says the parrot.
0: And that was Thomas Adler. He studied folklore at Indiana University like Neil shortly after Neil was there. And here at last is Neil Rosenberg, talking about how he ended up studying parrot jokes.
4: Well, at that point, I was, I was trying to do my... Ma- I was working on a master's thesis, um, and I wanted to do it on White House Blues. That was the first term paper I did was on White House Blues. And I collected all the, all the versions of it and, and, and that I could find on record, and it's a really interesting study and eventually I did write write a paper about it but um when the time came after actually several years later uh i it just got shot down by the by the people on the uh on the the committee uh it wasn't even the committee the the guy that was in, running the 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 graduate student uh thesis uh Program I forget now exactly how it happened, but he just said you're not going to study that hillbilly stuff. And there was and there was a lot of um, sort of negative feelings about studying hillbilly music in the in that program at that time. And music, in fact, was considered commercial too commercial, and people who studied folk music were popularizers, and there was this a lot of negativity about that. And so um, I wanted to do White House Blues, but I couldn't get anybody to to be my supervisor on it. So I ended up doing a uh, um, a collection of jokes, which was really big. Joke Studying joke telling was really big and jokes. So I did an annotated collection of parrot jokes.
0: This recording is from an interview Neil gave on September 28th, 2006. Neil, I'm sorry they didn't let you study what you wanted, but I have to say, I'm so glad a master's thesis on parrot jokes exists. And speaking of masters, this episode wouldn't be complete without a parrot joke as told by the master. So here's Neil telling a parrot joke during that same interview.
4: The lady has a, uh, a parrot uh, and uh, the, the minister comes over and she points to the parrot and says, see the string on his right leg? Uh, You pull that string, the parrot recites uh, the 23rd Psalm. So he pulls the string. And and then see the string on the left leg, pull that string, and he'll say the Lord's Prayer. Pulls the string, and the parrot says the Lord's Prayer. and So the minister says, that's amazing. What happens when you pull both strings? And the parrot says, I fall on my ass, you damn fool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And here's one more tiny clip from that same
4: interview. It's funny, people collect parrot jokes. Uh, And I I recently got an email from somebody who wanted a copy of my thesis. Go figure, anyway.
0: Wait, you got an email from somebody? I checked the dates, and my original email, back when Ross was in the Peace Corps, I sent it two weeks before this interview with Neil was recorded. So that somebody was me. I got a shout-out from the top parrot joke expert in the world. Wow. Thank you, Neil. I mean...
1: Thank you! I lingered by a cottage door And a parrot said, come in, come in And a parrot said, come in The door was open, I walked in And I saw standing there A maiden with a dimpled chin A combing her back tail, back hair, A combing her back tail A great surprise was in her eyes but still she did not frown, and as I smiled at that dear child, the parrot said, sit down, sit down, and the parrot said, sit down.
0: I sat down in her father's chair. Thank you also to Shelly Posen. It was so great to chat with you. Thomas Adler, thanks for the joke. Ross, thanks for telling me that joke so long ago. And thank you supporters, tireless supporters. If you like what you hear, you can support it on Patreon.com slash no reason to exist.
1: And the parrot said, Let's go. Let's go. And the parrot said, let's go. Oh Father then came rushing in. And the parrot said, sneak out, sneak out. And the parrot said, sneak out. Her father's voice was like a rasp, and swearing he began. Then I experienced the grasp, the grasp of an honest man, man, man. The grasp of an honest man. He hit two blows upon my nose. I feel him to this day. As out I flew, he kicked me too. And the parrot said, "Good day, good
5: day." And the parrot said, "Good day." There's a parrot outside a pet store. I like to put this in a city because there's a woman who walks by, and she's a she's she's a hip lady. You know, she she knows what she, she is clear about who she is. But as soon as she walks by this pet store and she glances over absent-mindedly at this bird and the bird catches her eye and says, Brr! Hey, lady! She stops. You're ugly! <laughs> I mean, what do you do? You've worked. She's, she's 34. She's worked for, what, 20 years to get to where she is. And a parrot is going to insult her in the middle of her city on her street? No. She turns and she walks the other way. But the next day, same route. She comes down. And there's the bird again. Out on the stoop. Hey, lady. You're ugly. This time, it's unacceptable. She goes in. She... And... She approaches the owner of the pet store, it's a small store, and she says, listen, if that bird insults me one more time, that's it. I'm closing you down. I'm going to use all of my power to make sure that you never sell pets again. So the next day, (laughs) as she's walking by this pet store, clearly something has transpired between the bird and the owner of the pet store because you can tell the bird is on his best behavior. <laughs> you know, can a bird smile? I don't know, but this bird is <laughs> awkwardly holding a grin and the lady walks by and she's got a swagger. She knows she's protected and she on her way, she looks over at the bird and she challenges him with her eyes and he says,
1: "Hey lady."
5: She walks over, steps right in front of him, and she says, What? You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no reason to exist.